Hello again, everyone, and welcome to No Need to Argue with Kobe Wittick. It is Thursday, September 13th. What a beautiful day, especially here in Colorado. The weather has been really, really hot, and I am ready for winter, but we'll save that discussion for another day. Fall is here. Football is here. First week of the NFL in the books, and what a wild and good weekend it was to sit around and watch football and see some of the crazy storylines that took place. Uh, I will definitely start out with my bad, bad, bad judgment call. Goodness, I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong with my lock of the week in week one. My lock of the week in week one was the New Orleans Saints. You've got to be kidding me with the way they played. Anyways, uh, check me out on Twitter uh, at no need to a no need number two a at no need to a. Um, I'll be having some polls and different things going on during the football season and definitely leading up to the tour championship for PGA. Um, and also, if you want to just talk smack, tell me I'm doing a terrible job. Tell me I'm doing a good job. Anything is welcome. I appreciate all feedback, good or bad. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll have a good show today. Just talking pretty much all NFL week one results, uh, the overreactions and underreactions of everybody after week one and how everyone likes to just kind of totally take it all in is oh our team won and looks so good they're going to win the Super Bowl or you know oh my gosh our team looks so terrible we're going to be bad this year relax you know as Aaron Rodgers says relax and what a game Aaron Rodgers had you have got to be kidding me I was watching that game and they did not look good Aaron Rodgers in the first half didn't look good offense couldn't do much and uh, I tell you what Khalil Mack what a move for Chicago, bringing him in. They already had a pretty good defense building last year. They bring in Khalil Mack, and what an impact he had on the very, very first game that he comes in. And they talk about, well, we are not you know, sure how much we're going to play him, and you know, we want to make sure he gets acclimated to the team and the scheme. That was complete horse crap uh, because they threw him in there and tried to play him as much as they possibly could with the impact that he made on that game. It was unbelievable to watch him in the first half. I do have to stress it wasn't the first half now. It wasn't the entire game because in the second half, Aaron Rodgers comes back. Offensive line maybe plays a little bit harder because they know he has a little knee injury going on. They need to protect their franchise. And uh, he was pretty much unheard of uh, after that. But, uh, you know, just to watch him play, he did get the sack. He got the interception. Um you know, just making plays all over place. He had the fumble. It wasn't even a fumble. It was just a strip of Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, and then you see, you know, second half, Aaron Rodgers comes back in the game and does what Aaron Rodgers does. I mean, watching that was just unbelievable, um, you know, in the second half to see that comeback in Green Bay. At halftime, they had a shot. I don't know if anybody watched the game, but at halftime, during the halftime show, they had a video camera out front of the stadium, and they had people walking out with their coats, like their keys out, going to the car saying, Rodgers is done, we're going to go home, make it an early night, we're not going to stay and watch you know, Deshaun Kaiser and, and our team get demolished by the Bears. And I'm sure everyone who left got home, turned on the game to see what was going on, and saw Aaron Rodgers bring the comeback to Green Bay. And what a what an ending it was. I mean, the passes he was making, the catches that were made, uh, you know, Geronimo Allison and um, 
you know, you look at Randall Cobb, you know, and his big catch that he took, you know, 75 yards to the end zone. Devontae Adams had some amazing catches making plays. Uh, it was just so much fun to watch that team come back. And you saw just, you know, how much energy and, you know, reassurance they had that, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is back. We're not we're not going to lose this game. We're, we're going to make this thing happen. And what a fun one it was to watch uh, to the very end if you did watch it. So um, Aaron Rodgers just being Aaron Rodgers, we'll see what happens here in week two coming up. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how his knee is during the week. Uh, I'm sure he got a pretty big shot of uh, some feel-good juice at halftime and came back and played his played his butt off but uh you know you got to give credit where credit is due that game was in the books at halftime uh with Aaron Rodgers out and he comes back and just tells everyone hey relax we got this so that's what I'm using this week uh after week one is relax okay everyone likes to freak out after the first game you know, the Broncos won and, you know, they did it in kind of dramatic fashion. Offense, you know, had the turnovers, we had the interceptions and they come back to win, had a great drive um, and some big time plays from a lot of guys. And, you know, everyone here in Denver even is saying, oh, well, you know, the Broncos, they're really looking good. They can definitely contend this year. Let's chill out. I really hope that they do. But, you know, it's just week one. The Broncos also won in week one last year. They won in week two last year, and they won in week four last year. You know, we started three and one last year with our quarterback saga here in Denver, and everyone was like, oh, gosh, they got this. You know, we figured this out. You know, these unknown talents are going to take us to the promised land, and we saw what happened uh, during that year. So it's just week one, okay? (laughs) So uh, moving on, you know, definitely – like I talked about before, you know, my lock of the week last year or this last week was the New Orleans Saints over the Buccaneers. Saints have not had the best, um, you know, record when it comes to home openers, but I thought the way Tampa Bay played last year, the way New Orleans played, the way that defense looked for New Orleans last year, and how, how powerful that offense was, uh, I, I just thought that was a no brainer. I, I didn't think Tampa Bay was going to come in and take that game, and more power to them, they did. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, that's a little, you know, another part of the overreaction from week one. I would not expect Ryan Fitzpatrick to be able to do that every single week. He threw 28 passes, completed 21, only had seven incompletions for 417 yards and four touchdowns. And, uh, you know, just what an incredible performance by him. Uh, You know, that way the New Orleans defense looked last year, I really thought that they were going to be a huge factor in their push this year uh, to contend in the NFC. I still think that New Orleans is going to be a great team. Um, I think that defense is still really good. Uh, you know, the way Ryan Fitzpatrick played, the way the whole team came out and played, I mean, obviously, you know, there wasn't much defense at all going on in that game with a 48 to 40 score. Uh, you know, but the way. You know, Tampa Bay went into New Orleans opening week. Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback handled business. You got to give them a lot of props. And, you know, I definitely had to put my foot in my mouth, uh, you know, after I make the Saints my lock pick last week. So that was a lot of fun to see that game go the way it did. And, uh, you know, for my lock pick to just completely get annihilated in their own uh, stadium, you know, giving up 48 points. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, the 
other really really high scoring game um was the Ravens and Bills you know Ravens it's hard to tell you know what they're going to be playing the Bills I mean honestly we all know that the Bills are not anything special they don't know what they're doing at quarterback there I mean if it's me I'm throwing Josh Allen to the Wolves and letting him you know do what he can and uh, trying to build for the future there, but maybe they have some you know different plans in place. Uh, another forty point score. We had the Jets against the Lions. Oh my goodness, how good did Sam Darnold look? He was sixteen of twenty one, only five incompletions, with one interception, but threw one hundred ninety eight yards with two touchdowns. Looked really really good. They were able to run the ball like crazy on the Lions, uh, you know, which is something that you know probably was a little. Uh, you know, surprising. Um, but, you know, it came out this week that, you know, a lot of the Lions players just aren't really happy with Matt Patricia as their head coach. They, you know, were saying that, uh, you know, an unknown source said that they were worked too hard during camp and, you know, they were a little tired, um, you know, tired in quotation marks, um, you know, is kind of how they put it for week one. Well, you know, this is the NFL, guys. Uh, you know, you got to prepare for a long season. You got to be ready to go. You got to be conditioned. And if camp was that hard, then obviously your off-season workouts were not that good. So I don't want to hear that excuse whatsoever. That is a poor excuse for a professional athlete or a team of professional athletes to ever make. And, you know, I think Matt Patricia is a heck of a coach. He was an awesome defensive coordinator, helped win a lot of Super Bowls over there in uh, in New England. And I think, you know, he's one that's going to do the same thing as Josh McDaniels did when he came to Denver. They're going to put that Bill Belichick aura and demand out of all their players in effect right away. And I think that, you know, Matt Patricia coming in, you know, I think he's learned from a lot of things. He saw, you know, the Josh McDaniels uh, hire and fire here in Denver and everything that took place. I mean, Josh McDaniels walked into Denver and it was Jay Cutler, you're out of here. Brandon Marshall, you're out of here. I mean, there was just so many things that he did and, you know, wanted to get the right guys that he wanted. You know, he wanted you know, blue collar, hardworking guys. He didn't want prima donnas. He didn't want pretty boys. He didn't want, you know, guys that, you know, felt that they were owed something. And, you know, I think that's kind of the Bill Belichick thing. You know, Bill Belichick, you know, if you ever think that you're getting too big, you know, for the team or anything else, Bill Belichick will put you in your place real, real quick. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I think is good because you want guys to continue to work and you want guys to continue to improve in ways to get better. And, you know, when they sign the big contract, you don't want them to take a step back because they feel, well, I got my contract now. I got my guaranteed money. I'm set. I, you know, I don't need to do much more as long as I produce at a decent level. You know, you always want guys continuing to work towards, you know, a higher level, a higher competitiveness um, of what you can accomplish. And, you know, I think the big thing here is that, you know, I, I absolutely love, 
you know, the quote that I hear, I, I listen to, you know, a lot of Denver sports radio in the morning and Mark Slareth is one of the ones that I just love listening to every morning. Him and Mike Evans on 104.3 The Fan here in Denver are talking, you know, Broncos are talking Rockies, uh, you know, obviously more Broncos than anybody. But, you know, one of the things that Slareth always says is that there's two kinds of players in the NFL, ones who are humble and ones who are yet to be humbled. And I think that that's a great way of, you know, looking at it is that you see all these players who, you know, have come through adversity or have, you know, come into the league thinking that they're, you know, bigger than others and that, you know, they don't need to work as hard or that they're taken care of because of their name or because of their draft position. And, you know, they're, they're kind of the ones that are, you know, going to be humbled at some point. And you have other guys that come in. I mean, look at all the undrafted free agents that come in every single year and work their tail off and know that, you know, they don't have the privilege of being a number one or a number two or a third round pick where they can kind of sit back and go, well, I just need to kind of get through camp. I'm going to make the team. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And, you know, I'll kind of work through that progression as I need to. Um, You know, you're either humbled or you're yet to be humbled. And I think that's a good way of looking at it. And I think that's something that Matt Patricia is trying to, you know, establish in Detroit is that, you know, I want guys that are, you know, going to do these things and he's putting rules in place and, you know, he's doing the Belichick thing there uh, because that's his experience. That's what he knows to work well. And that's what he's going to do. And so, you know, if you have a problem with that, you're probably going to be hitting the road at some point or another through trade or, you know, let go through free agency or cut you know on the waiver wire something's going to take place but you know he's coming in he's being hired to do a job um, that no one else in Detroit has been able to do in the last how many years and you know get a competitive team get a playoff team in there and try and you know get going here in the NFC so you know best of luck to him but you know obviously it was a rough first week we'll see how they bounce back in week two what a performance by the Jets, though. I mean, defensively, special teams, offensively. I mean, everything was clicking. Everything looked good. Sam Darnold threw that interception. First pass of his NFL career. Threw an interception and comes back and didn't even bother him. Didn't even phase him. He throws a touchdown. He walks off the field like he threw an interception or an incompletion. I mean, the kid is level-headed, full through, you know, never going to cheer too much, never going to get too down. And that's the kind of guy you want. I mean, he's definitely showing that he's probably one of the prime picks in this last year's draft. Um, But, you know, overall, I thought it was a great week. My upset of the week, my Cleveland Browns, they're not my Cleveland Browns, but gosh, you just feel bad for him. You got to root for him every single week. Last year I was in a pick and I picked him every single week thinking one of these weeks I'm going to be right. And 0-16 took place. So <laughs> it, it happens. But upset of the week, I took the Browns. They had the delay out there because of the weather and everything else that took place. And they end up tying the Steelers 21-21. I mean, to have a tie in the first week completely just ruins it. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, three interceptions, still threw for 335 yards with one touchdown. How about James Conner coming in with the Le'Veon Bell saga going on there in Pittsburgh? Rushes 
135 yards on 31 attempts, 4.4 average for two touchdowns. I mean, that's a kid making his name for himself when he gets the opportunity, and that's all you ask for in the NFL is an opportunity, and what a game he had. Juju Smith-Schuster, 119 yards only, five receptions. Antonio Brown, you know, did his thing, nine receptions, 93 yards, one touchdown. You know, he's on his way to another good year. Uh, if ben, Big Ben can stay healthy, but, uh, you know, what a what a wild and crazy game, you know, that one was, uh, you know, with the Browns scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter. And, you know, that defense, you know, they gave up a lot of yards, but they look good. And I think that, you know, I've said that before. I think they've done the right thing. They've made the right moves on defense. And I think that this team is going to win games. I mean, I'm just telling you, they're going to win games this year. They're not the 1-15, Cleveland Browns this year. They're going to take a step forward. They're going to win you know, I would guess maybe between four, six, possibly seven games, depending on how hot they get. Uh, but don't count the Browns out if you're doing pickums every single week. I promise you that you're gonna you're gonna hate yourself if you pick them to lose every single week because you're gonna be wrong uh, at least a fourth of the season, at least. Um, and uh, you know, the Monday night game, the Rams and Raiders. You know, that was a very interesting you know, game. I mean, kind of slow Raiders were coming out. They were running the ball really good. Marshawn Lynch, you know, looked great. He was plowing people over, uh, you know, making plays and they were controlling everything. And then you got, you know, and then you got, uh, you know, Derek Carr and Jared Cook, I mean, hooking up nine times for 180 yards. I mean, Jarek Cook just looked like the most dominant football player on the planet during that game. They couldn't cover him. They couldn't tackle him. He looked unstoppable. I mean, he looked like Gronk from four years ago, just annihilating people, catching you know tough balls, catching everything that was thrown his way. And, uh, you know, it was kind of fun, you know, being a tight end in my day, watching him, uh, you know, dominate the game the way that he did. Now, Raiders are coming to Denver this weekend. So, you know, obviously I hope that we have some sort of answer for Jared Cook and he's not going to have a repeat performance like that. But, uh, you know, it was kind of kind of cool to see him, you know, just kind of burst out on the first night and make plays and, you know, he had over half the yards that Derek Carr threw in that game uh, with Derek Carr throwing three interceptions as well. I mean, it just kind of looked a little off as soon as things kind of started shifting away from what they had been doing in the first quarter and halfway through the second quarter, they just kind of fell apart. Jared Goff, I thought, looked good. You know, completion percentage was a little low, but, you know, he had the two touchdowns. And, uh, you know, Todd Gurley did what Todd Gurley does, you know, 5.4 Yards per carry, 108 total yards, you know, looked really, really good, was able to dominate that second half on the ground. Brandon Cooks, their new acquisition from the New England Patriots, came in with 87 yards on five receptions, looked really good. Cooper Cup, five receptions, 52 yards. He's kind of the, you know, go-to, it seems, uh, for Jared Goff, you know, kind of at the end of last year. They started hooking up a lot and looking really good together as a tandem. Um, so I think that this team will be very good. The defense was a little interesting. Um, you know, when you look at their, you know, front line, they got a Dominican Sue there, you know, he only had two tackles and, you know, you look at the, you know, highest paid guy, well, before Cleo Mack was the, you know, highest paid defensive player, which was Aaron Donald, you know, he only had one tackle, uh, you know, the front 
three interior linemen for the Raiders really did a good job kind of controlling those two. There wasn't a lot of pressure on the quarterback, uh, but I think that they'll, you know, kind of find their groove. You know, Aaron dialed, Donald held out for a while, you know, in camp. He's probably getting his lungs and legs back under him, but uh, I think that that defense is still a force to be reckoned with, and, uh, you know, I think that they're going to do a lot of good things. Um, so it was a, it was a fun game to watch for sure with that one. Uh, my Broncos, you know, Broncos and Seahawks, what a, what a game it was, uh, you know, kind of the back and forth and it was, you know, we kind of pull away at halftime, you know, at 17 to 10 feeling good. And then next thing you know, Seahawks come right back. Uh, but you know, the three interceptions by Case Keenum, that was a little tough. He had the three touchdowns to kind of even it out. 329 yards looked really, really good. I thought he made good decisions, you know, and that's, I was talking, you know, with friends and family about this game in the first week and everyone's kind of, ah, you know, Case threw three interceptions, you know, they kind of, kind of lucked out in winning this one. Well, you know, I, I had to disagree a little bit. I think Case Keenum first week, you know, regular season game playing in Denver, you know, playing against the Seahawks. I think Case obviously probably had a little bit of nerves going on, but I think the big thing was Case Keenum is that, I think he kind of wanted to maybe do a little too much. I think in week one, Case Keenum wanted to come out and kind of win over, you know, the Denver fans and really solidify that, you know, he's worth, you know, the free agent money that he got coming to Denver here. And, you know, I think that he tried to make some big plays. He tried to make, you know, some things happen that maybe weren't there, uh, you know, but you know, like I said, three interceptions, so be it. He had three touchdowns. He led us down the field and controlled the game like we needed to. And I thought that he looked really good. I thought the offense looked really good. Philip Lindsay, I mean, what a story. You can't say, you know, anything better about this guy. You know, he's Denver South High School to CU Buff to Denver Bronco. I mean, that's the dream, you know, for any football player in Colorado that's a Bronco fan and a CU fan or, you know, a college fan here in Colorado. I mean, to be able to stay in Colorado his entire football career and to finally make it as an undrafted free agent to the Broncos and and make a name for himself and really do it in his hometown is just so special and it's so awesome to see, you know, how he really has progressed and beat out, you know, all these other running backs in camp uh, and, uh, you know, kind of solidify himself as kind of that, you know, first, second running back with Royce Freeman and just kind of pushed Booker completely down the depth chart and said, yeah, we got this from here. And the two rookies are going to be uh, be in the backfield for 95% of the year. So, um, so happy to see how he did. I mean, him and Royce on the ground, 15 carries each, 71 yards each. Not a bad way to start your, your NFL career on that mark with 4.7 per carry for both of them. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I picked Emmanuel Sanders up in every single one of my fantasy teams this year, because watching him and Case Keenum connect in camp and in the preseason, you can just tell that Emmanuel Sanders is fired up for this year to have a quarterback that can get it down the field that's accurate and that can get him the ball when and where he wants it. Uh, Cause that's a guy that runs really good routes can get open on pretty much anything 
and you saw that. 10 receptions, 135 yards with the touchdown. I mean, just so awesome to watch. You know, Demarius had the really, really nice sideline touchdown there late in the game, which, you know, was the game winner as it came to, uh, you know, which was just great to see. Philip Lindsay had two catches out of the backfield for 31 yards with a touchdown. Um, you know, just making plays everywhere. You watch Philip Lindsay. I mean, you can't say you know, enough things good about this guy because he was making plays on special teams. He was going in there running the ball. He was going in there catching the ball. I mean, this guy just has the attitude of put me on the field. I don't care, you know, who's out there. He would probably play defense if they asked him to. Uh, you know, he'd go out there and rush the passer, go out there and cover somebody. I mean, he he's willing to just stay out on the field no matter what because he just loves playing football. He loves being out there. And it's so refreshing to see someone like that you know, again here in Denver. And I think that, you know, the tandem of Philip and Lindsay, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman is going to be very, very good for the Broncos. I think it's going to pay dividends and I'm very excited to watch them play this year and see how they progress as rookies. Russell Wilson, you know, I'm, he was under pressure all day long. I mean, we were, we were getting after him. They were, putting their right tackle on a single block against Von Miller. I mean, you just can't do that. Um, you know, we were wrecking havoc on Russell. We weren't letting him, you know, get out and run or do anything. I mean, he had two rushes for five yards. You know, obviously some of the sack yards and things like that kind of deplete, um, you know, his rushes and stuff. But, you know, I thought that we we contained him really, really well. We put a lot of pressure on him. And, you know, the two interceptions we got was great. He still had three touchdowns and almost 300 yards passing. You know, he makes plays when he needs to. And, uh, you know, that's just Russell being Russell. But, uh, you know, it was it was a lot of fun to watch this game. I, I was excited to see the Broncos come out, make a statement in week one. I know the Seahawks aren't, you know, kind of rated as the best team, you know, in the NFL. They lost a lot of players last year. The defense isn't what it you know, once was, but, you know, Russell Wilson made a lot of beautiful, beautiful plays and, uh, and things happened for him last year to win a few games. So if you can contain him, you can win. We did, we won super happy Broncos are one and oh going into week two. So, um, you know, leading into week two here, uh, you know, it's still, like I said, it's still so early week one and two, it's really kind of, you know, what are we figuring out? You know, who's, who's looking good, who's not, you know, on some of the, you know, positions and, and different things that we have going on, you know, with game plan and schemes, you know, is this something that's, you know, solidified for the rest of the year? Is this something we can scrap? You know, should we work more on this? What are some things we can try? Uh, you know, and you just don't have a lot of film on a lot of these teams. I mean, a lot of these teams in the NFL this year are just so new. There's so many players that moved around this last year. It's kind of crazy to, you know, watch a game and go, oh, yeah, I forgot. You know, he's on this team now. Or, oh, gosh, like, I, I forgot that we got that guy. And so it's kind of cool with all the movement that's going on. But at the same time, it's also... You know, you got to slow your roll a little bit with this NFL season because there's going to be a lot of things that play out. You know, we got to see how injuries and everything else happens. I mean, we saw, you know, Green Bay was freaking out thinking their season was over in week one when Aaron Rodgers went down. So, uh, you know, kind of take it easy. But week two, I think we have some really, really good matchups. You know, obviously tonight we got the Ravens and the Bengals going at each other. You know, division rivalry, it's going to be a good game. I don't think the Ravens are going to come in there and put up 47 again. Um, but, 
you know, it's a good game to get the week started. Division rivalry, you know, always fun to see how those division rivalries play out. Um, going into Sunday, we got Chiefs and Steelers. This is going to be an interesting one. I mean, the Chiefs <laughs> looked really, really good in week one. I mean, Patrick Mahomes slinging the rock. You got Tyreek Hill scoring and doing things from every direction possible. I mean, this guy is top tier, just football player. You know, you don't even have to look at him as a top-tier receiver or anything special like that. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can return the ball. He's so fast. He's so quick. He reminds me of Dante Hall, who used to play for the Chiefs and destroy people with his moves and his quickness and just making people miss. It's it's a lot of fun to watch. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, my brother Tanner uh, had him on his fantasy team this week, and I had to play him first first week of the year and uh absolutely got destroyed um you know Tyree Kill was like half his points but you know that's it is what it is it's week one that's what I told him I said you know I'm not worried about a week one loss so whatever but uh you know this will be a good game I think you know the Steelers you know with the tie the weather delay everything else that happened last week against the Browns um you know it's going to be interesting to see how they you know, play out, you know, is Le'Veon Bell going to come back? He's probably not going to play if he does. Is he, you know, the, the saga going on between him and the Steelers and the players and the offensive line and, you know, his tweets that took place and everything else. Um, you know, there's a lot of friction there and the way Connor played, I would not be surprised, uh, you know, if the Steelers just move on from Le'Veon Bell and let it be what it is and thank him for his time. But, uh, you know, that's, that's something we're going to have to wait and see what happens. So, you know, playing in Pittsburgh, it'll be their home opener. I think this will be a really good game to watch. Obviously, the Chiefs will be on the road for the second week in a row. Pat Mahomes looked really good in L.A. last week. You know, this week going to Pittsburgh, a little different environment. Uh, you know, you're definitely going to have some hometown fans in Pittsburgh, which you didn't have for the Chargers in L.A. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the young quarterback you know, kind of progresses after week one going into week two. Can he stay level-headed? Can he make plays? Can he sling the rock like he did before, you know, against the Steelers defense that is vulnerable? And how does the Steelers offense come out um, and play? You know, can Connor repeat his week one performance? You know, will Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, be able to show out and help kind of balance that passing attack with Antonio Brown? Um, Good game to watch here on uh, on Sunday morning for anybody out here in the mountain and, and Pacific time zone. Uh Dolphins Jets, I, I think the Jets look really good. They're gonna they're gonna beat the Dolphins. That's my pick. Eagles Buccaneers. I think the Buccaneers will have a little bit harder time doing what they did in week one against the Eagles, but hey, it's their home opener. Who knows what happens? My man Ryan Jensen from CSUP is down there now, so I, I kinda have to uh, you know, root for him, but not necessarily root for the Buccaneers. So Ryan, go out, have a great game. Wish you the best, but I got the Eagles winning that one. Uh, Browns are coming to the Saints this week. So my lock pick and my upset pick from last week play each other in week two. How awesome is that? Um, I, I'm not going to make a lock or an upset pick here. I think the Saints win, but I think it's a little closer than people expect because I think the Browns are improved a lot better team. Uh, Redskins, Colts, got the Redskins. 
Um, my lock for the week is the Chargers playing the Bills in Buffalo. I think that that defense is going to rebound from the butt whooping that they got from Pat Mahomes and, and company. Uh, last week, the Bills look, uh, they just don't look good at all. Uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor led this team to the playoffs last year, and no one would ever believe it after wa- watching week one of the NFL this year. So, you know, best of luck, but I got the Chargers as my lock of the week this week against the Bills. Vikings, Packers, going to be a heck of a game if Aaron Rodgers plays. If he doesn't, it's going to probably be a little ugly for the Packers. Um, my upset of the week is I got the Panthers uh, going into Atlanta and beating the Falcons. That's my upset of the week. I think the Panthers, you know, they you know, they played the Cowboys. It was a low-scoring affair. You know, Christian McCaffrey fumbles going into the end zone, and, and they just kind of looked a little off. I think they're going to rebound division opponent. I think they bring bring the wood to Atlanta. I think Atlanta starts 0-2 this year before they really get it going again um, moving forward. So that's that's mine. Lock is the Chargers. My upset is the Panthers this week. Um, Raiders and Broncos, what, what more can you say? I mean, this rivalry is what... I just absolutely love and live for every football season. I don't care if the Raiders are good. I don't care if the Broncos are good. This game means everything to me. I have a Raider hater shirt. I have, you know, a guy humping a, you know, Raider <laughs> logo, um, you know, shirt. So I, I just, I, I don't like the Raiders. I, I really, really, really just don't like the Raiders. And so I hope that the Broncos just pound them into the ground this week. And, you know, one of the promos I heard on Sports Talk Radio this morning when I was driving to work was we, uh, it said, I hope the Broncos beat the Raiders so bad that they need an eye patch for the second eye. <laughs> and I just, I loved that. And so I think that's, that's what I'm going to take into this week. I hope that they just pummel them into the ground. I hope that, you know, they just show them that last week wasn't a fluke against the Rams, that the Rams are just better than them and the Raiders are not good and the Broncos just, you know, put it on them. I would love if they beat them by 20 or 30 this week. I hope that we run up the score as best we can and I hope Philip Lindsay scores like five touchdowns. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the other big matchup that I'm really, really excited about this week is the Jaguars and Patriots. You know, obviously, that's a rematch of the ASC Championship last year. They'll be playing in Jacksonville. You know, I I hope, you know, today it said that Leonard Fournette didn't practice. um, And they're just trying to kind of take care of that hamstring. So I really, really hope that Leonard Fournette plays uh, you know, cause I think this is a really good rematch of the AFC championship. It'll be a good kind of litmus test to see how these two teams play against each other again. And, you know, kind of, you know, where their season could be going, depending on what this game looks like. Is it competitive? Is it going to be, you know, one-sided or not? Is that Jaguars defense that's built to win now going to be able to stop the Patriots? And will the Jaguars offense be able to produce uh, for the Jaguars? So that's going to be a really, really fun game to watch on Sunday afternoon, evening time. Uh, So we'll see what happens there. Uh, But you know, I think that there's there's so many good storylines and there's so many things that are taking place right now in the NFL that it's just going to be fun to kind of see how these things develop. You know, like I said, first week, even second week, you know, the overreactions, the underreactions, 
you know, just stay level-headed. When you once you get to about week three or four, and you see which direction your team's going in, and you know what games are coming up, then you can kind of start to feel good or bad about the season. But in weeks one or two, it, it's I'm telling you, it's it's not a huge deal. If you go one and one, if you go two and zero, oh, if you go zero oh and two, it it's okay. There's a lot of season left. There's a lot of time to get things corrected. If you can stay healthy. That's how you know you can kind of progress your season along. If the injuries start to take place, then that's when things can go downhill a lot quicker, you know, than before. So let's just enjoy week two for what it is. Another weekend of pro football. The NFL's here. I'm excited. I mean, it just it gets me all jazzed up for Sundays to just be able to, you know, sit back and realize that all day long I can sit at home, watch some football have a beer, have some barbecue, do some grilling, do whatever you need to do to enjoy it. But it's just so much fun. Um, My neighbor across the street, uh, I'm very close with him. He's absolutely awesome. He's a huge, huge Raiders fan. Him and his wife are going to the Bronco game this weekend. So I wish him the best, uh, you know, but I hope that he has absolutely nothing to cheer for this week. All right. Well, those are the you know main things I wanted to talk to everybody about. Little little recap on week one, little preview of week two, some of my input and, and opinions on things. Uh, you know, as I said, it's it's a little too early to kind of set anybody you know in a certain direction. Uh, you know, it's so funny too. In after week one, watching the waiver wire on fantasy football uh, in my leagues is just hilarious to watch and see. You know, these big time showers in week one and everyone's just scrapping on the waiver wire to get them. And, you know, most of the time you get these random, you know, week one performers and they really don't do much um, like that the rest of the year. So I kind of stayed a little low key on the waiver wire in week one. I let it be what it is. I feel confident in my team. And, uh, you know, I feel the same way about the Broncos. I I hope that everything continues to progress from where we started in week one, but I'm not going to get, you know, overzealous about our chances to win the Super Bowl this year. And I'm also not going to think that it's going to be another five and 11 season. So, you know, let's just let it be what it is. Um, so that, that's what I got for you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, for listening next week I'll be doing a preview of the tour championship that we got uh, FedEx Cup up for grabs next weekend it's going to be a heck of a time I'm very very excited Um, one of the coolest weekends in golf to kind of see the final 30 PGA Tour players come into one weekend and fight it out for that FedEx Cup championship Uh, you know I we got a lot of good storylines. Tigers in there, Phil's in there. You know, we got a lot of good young players in there. You know, DeChambeau, uh, I mean, gosh, the guy just pretty much has to show up and he could win it this year. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out. Um, excited to see how everything plays out in the NFL this week. Uh, also, college football this week. We got a lot of good matchups um, after the first two weeks of college football and everyone kind of playing just whoever they want. So um, it'll be kind of interesting to see how those games go on Saturday as well. Uh, but like I said, lock of the week is my Chargers. Well, not my Chargers, but the Chargers. Upset of the week is my Panthers. I will say my Panthers. I got family in North Carolina. Uh, I'm not the 
you know, biggest fan, but I do support them because of my fam. So um, shout out to the Panthers with the upset of the week. Let's see how everything plays out. Check me out on Twitter at no need to a love to hear any feedback. I'll definitely be posting things about upcoming shows and everything that I have going on. Really, really thank everybody for listening. Watch the game tonight. It's going to be fun. Ravens and Bengals, hopefully it'll be a good one. It won't be a blowout. Uh, I know these Thursday games can be a little tricky sometimes, but um, football's here. I'm happy. Everything is good, and uh, I wish everyone the best. So have a great weekend. Thank you for listening, and I will check you next time on No Need to Argue with Kobe Whittick. Thanks.